I love him to death, man. It's crazy, man. But the same thing I said out there, that he doesn't realize how much he pushed me to be great. He pushes me to be great. You know, I had a lot of people throughout my career that pushed me to be great and be consistent and be just be dominant, just keep coming, keep working hard, and he's one of those guys. You know, and uh, there was nobody in this world that I would rather do this journey with than that guy. You know, uh, he's been here since the beginning. You know, he's been here since the day we were fighting for uh, some minutes. And he was yelling to me when we were, <clears throat> I was 18. He was yelling to me to, like, pass the ball and all that. We were just fighting on the court, you know, we were kids. And now we, in this stage, doing it together. You know, uh, we got we to gotta enjoy this moment. Got to change this moment. Maybe we, maybe we might not have another moment like this. Who knows? You know, we can't predict the future. But, like, we got to live in the moment, enjoy this moment. I, I hope Chris enjoyed it with his family. And uh, he played amazing throughout the whole playoffs, man. He lead us when I was down. He gave me a chance to come back. Um, but once we're done enjoying this, we got we to gotta get back to work. You know, uh, we got to do it again. That's how... That's how me, me and Chris operate. Giannis, um, when you first started playing basketball, did you ever think a moment like this would happen? Man. Uh, no, man. No, 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 no. I started, I started playing basketball just to, you know, help my family, you know, um, try to get them out of the struggle, you know, the challenges we were facing when we were kids. Oh, but, man, I never thought, you know, I'm going to be 26 years old, you know, uh, with my team, playing the NBA Finals, just playing. And, like, I was just happy just being a part, like, you know, not even winning, just being a part of this, of this journey, you know. And, um, but I never thought ever when I'm 26, you know, I'll be sitting in this chair with this right here and this right here. Man, it's been, it's been, uh, we've come a long way.
Thank you. Thank you. Nah, this is uh, this is such a blessing, man. This is only God. I, I, like I said before, I, I, as a kid, you only dream of this moment. So to be able to actually do it and see the confetti and do it with my brothers, man, there's, there's nothing like it. What made you... What made you such an immediate fit with this team? They embraced me, you know. Um, they told me what the deal was from the beginning. I've seen all the work that they put in, how close they've gotten, and uh, they believed in me, honestly. And, and, and coming here was obviously the greatest thing in my career. So I appreciate y'all, man, for real. Thank you. This league, we have seen so much incredible offense from. What kind of pride... team effort honestly uh Giannis says it before every game you got to be a you you got to be a star in your role and that's what I was doing but uh if I could have the keys to the city like Bobby man I'd be even better huh Great team defense. Did a good job. Kobe Bryant. He is hard to believe. Michael Jordan. Michael double teamed on the drive in for the left. Gets chased in the car. Comes right back. Basketball is hood. What's up? And welcome into the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. I am Jonathan Hood. And the NBA season is over. Yes, we went through it, didn't we, to finally get here to (laughs) mid-July. But we have an NBA champion and it is the Milwaukee Bucks. How about that? You heard some highlights there from Giannis Antetokounmpo and, of course, from ESPN, some of the play-by-play from what Giannis did. The most points per game in a finals series win. Michael Jordan with 41 most points per game. In 1993, Shaq did it twice, 38 and 36 in 2000 and 2002, respectively. Michael Jordan did it again, 35.8. Most points per game in the final series victory, 35-8 in 1992. Kevin Durant did it with 35.2 in 2017. And add Giannis to that as well, 35.2 in 
points per game in a final series win in 2021. Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks are the NBA champions. And it's not only just those stats. The stats are amazing. The things that Giannis was able to do on a basketball court. The first ever 30, 10, and 5 on 60% shooting in the finals. The first ever 50-point game, 10 rebounds, 5 blocks game in a finals game. First ever MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, and Finals MVP. I mean, Giannis was able to lead this Bucks team. As I've talked about on this podcast, there's times where I saw... Giannis put up some numbers, but I saw Middleton and Holiday pick up the slack. It's very few times that I saw in the NBA playoffs where I thought this big three is formidable and they can't be stopped because it was always a struggle. That's the one thing I always remember about this Bucks championship team is that the Bucks continue to will themselves to victories. It was never the easiness of some other teams just smoothly just going through the playoffs. There was a learning process and also dominance at the end for the Milwaukee Bucks for them to win the NBA championship. And I will give Giannis full credit because when the Bucks needed to hammer down the last two games of the NBA Finals to solidify their first championship in 50 years, Giannis was able to do it. And the story of Giannis is something, if you are a hoop head, you already know the story of someone that's from Greece who comes over and as ABC showed yesterday on the broad, on the broadcast, it's kind of like Giannis had a growth spurt and became a bigger guy. When you are trying to build the next NBA star, you want that body, those shoulders, those arms, that length, and the ability to be able to score from the foul line down, from the painted area, on a, in a dominant way. Giannis was able to do that. And on top of that, some of his picadillos, his issues from... The free throw circle, okay? He gets to the foul line. On the road, there were some times where I could tell that he had the yips, people counting down. But even as the playoffs went along, he even got better on the road in the playoffs. But you know what happened last night? 17 for 19 from the foul line. So clutch all the way around. The Bucks could taste an NBA championship. Going back to the Pfizer Forum and winning and solidifying themselves as an NBA champion in this very strange season. The strange season because of the amount of injuries that took place and everything else that took place this season after the pandemic riddled season that the Lakers went through in a bubble. The Bucks are the NBA champions, and I'm giving them full credit over the Phoenix Suns last night. We're going to hear from our guy Travis Wacker who was there at the Deer District. Uh, He was among the 65,000 people outside of the Pfizer Forum last night. And we'll hear from our guy, Travis Wacker, big-time Bucks fan, Bucks super fan. He's overjoyed. I've texted with him a little bit, but it'll be the first time that I'll be able to reach out to him and hear his voice about his uh, Bucks team winning the championship. Let me just point something else out, too, when it comes to... um, these NBA playoffs. So Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, want to make sure that 
the NBA had their Christmas Day games. No matter if there was empty seats, whether there's a few people or not in the stands, he wanted to see those games take place because the TV money was so important to Adam Silver and the NBA. And because, and we talked about this, go back to the archives of the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. I've talked about this, um, about how the NBA kind of jammed a season in no matter what. And, and so this past September, we crowned an NBA champion or August or September for the Los Angeles Lakers. And then immediately players get back on the floor. Now, I know that NBA players are tremendous athletes. There's no question about that. Uh, but you saw the amount of injuries that took place. And to the point where you will have some that will say that the Bucks, the only reason why they're the NBA champions is because the Nets were not involved, because they were not in full strength, or the Sixers were banged up with Embiid's knee and his leg and all that. And, you know, other teams that are supposed to be up there, they were not be able to get it done. Same thing with the Lakers uh, from the Suns standpoint. Oh, would the Suns be in the finals if the Lakers were healthy or all these other things if Jamal Murray's available for the Denver Nuggets let me just tell you this that you can make those caveats but that's not stopping the Suns or the Bucks from putting on an entertaining basketball game uh, I come to find out over the years there are some that are just about stars just about talking about LeBron and talking about Joel Embiid and talking about Ben Simmons and talking about you know Chris Paul and Giannis and just trying to figure out the stars in the league, where I look at it as just basketball. I didn't care who was out there. It, it, it was the Suns and the Bucks, And so we just saw basketball out there. And maybe there was a lack of star power on either side, but you saw emerging star power from Devin Booker. You saw a Hall of Famer in Chris Paul just giving one last gasp at trying to win an NBA championship and the Suns falling short. Monty Williams, his story well-documented, what happened with his family, a guy with another bite of the apple to be a head coach. He's the right head coach for that Suns team because he held them accountable, and you saw the growth spurt of Ayton and Booker. Chris Paul, again, hats off to him. That guy's a Hall of Famer. Uh, I hate that he is going to be one of these guys that more than likely won't win a championship, but it doesn't take away from how solid that he was even in these playoffs. As a matter of fact, let me take a look at these numbers. Put on my cheaters here, my little glasses here, and let me take a look at these this, these numbers in front of me. So Chris Paul had a heck of a uh, postseason for sure. So 19 points a game, 9 assists, 50-45-88. First career finals, first career sweep. Uh, he had COVID and a, so a shoulder injury. Oldest 40-point uh, game in a closeout. Uh, and I look at a guy that uh, was terrific. 15 assists to turnover ratio. The best assist to turnover ratio in games in the finals since 1980. That's from StatMuse. If you follow uh, StatMuse on Twitter, uh, it's a really, really good follow when it comes to certain stats around the NBA. So um, StatMuse was great to break that down. But I want to talk about the Suns here for a second as well. So here's the Suns story. There's Chris Paul, as I mentioned, 26 points, 39 minutes to play. He had five assists uh, in the game. Devin Booker, 8 for 22 from the field, 19 points. Uh, Aiton did not play well. He had five fouls, 12 points in 36 minutes. Crowder had 15. Um, but 
I look at this Suns team and say, you know, this might be the last gasp for, for the Suns at some point. I don't know if Chris Paul is going back to the Suns or if he's going someplace else. It's a good team, but just remember, Golden State's going to have something to say about this. The Lakers will have something to say. Clippers will have something to say. Uh, so on a top-heavy West, I'm not sure if the Suns get back there in the same spot next year, but I thought they had a terrific season. The Milwaukee Bucks are the NBA champions, and I'm going to give them full credit because look at the playoffs, especially in the East, right? Philadelphia, that was supposed to be the uncrowned champion, right? Philadelphia, Washington, Atlanta. The Philly-Atlanta series was interesting because... Atlanta was able to win that four games in three. We saw the Knicks and the Knicks and what they went through. Again, the Knicks took one step, right? They won one game in the playoffs. It doesn't mean that they're back, but at least they're in the postseason and somewhat relevant. They need pieces. The Miami Heat get, sweep, get swept by uh, the Milwaukee Bucks four games to none. And the whole Brooklyn thing, like Brooklyn defeats Boston four games to one. And, of course, once again, it was Durant. One foot out of bounds, and maybe it's a whole different scenario, but the Bucks were able to survive four games of three against Brooklyn. So I thought the Eastern Conference playoffs were interesting. We saw a couple of new teams. We saw Trey Young get to another level, and we saw the Knicks be able to get into the playoffs and Russ with Washington. But I just want to just give the Bucks their due because, as Pat Riley once said, when Pat Riley was coaching the Lakers and the Heat, you know, what he was talking about was like, hey, just give me the best eight players and I'll use seven of them when we get to the postseason. You know, look at the Bucks roster. It's almost like the philosophy for uh, Pat Riley, right? So it starts with Giannis, then Middleton, who I'm a big fan of. I think Chris Middleton is a terrific Robin and sometimes the Batman uh, for this team and Drew Holiday. So that's your three. Then you just add a little toughness in P.J. Tucker, a guy that just comes into the team. And you have Brooke Lopez, the Lopez brothers. They're always going to give you a fine effort, right? But then like Bobby Portis, a former Bull, comes through. And as you heard earlier here in the podcast, he becomes kind of like this cult hero. Bobby Portis is just this hard-nosed dude does not mind getting into scrapes with other bigs on the team. You saw that even Portis and Chris Paul had an issue in the last game uh, in the finals. And then, you know, you don't have DiVincenzo because of the injury, so you have Pat Connaughton that can step up and give you a three at times. And so, pretty much, that's the team. That's it right there. I mean, I want you to think about this. The Bucks were able to get it done, but with their big three and the others. Now, again, Giannis and Middleton and Holiday doesn't seem like the big threes that we have seen assembled over the last, what, 10, 15 years. It's not the big three of the Miami Heat. It's not the big three that the Lakers tried to put together. It's not the big three necessarily of the Boston Celtics, but it's a big three that brought their hard hat and their lunch pail, and they were able to get it done. And again, it was not pretty, right? At times for the Bucks, but they just 
throttled the, the Phoenix Suns, what I continue to see from the Milwaukee Bucks when they were winning games is that they wore teams down because of their athleticism. And for Giannis, even though I've got on him for trying to shoot threes, I think that his best bet is to be the most dominant guy on the inside that our league has right now. Continue to pound it inside. Continue to get the key rebounds. Continue to get to the foul line and get better. And now you've got a complete player. And a, and a two-time MVP, don't get me wrong, but there's times where Giannis, because of injury or because he was tired or whatever, was trying to carry the load. And one thing i got to keep in mind for myself as an NBA fan is that it's not automatic like it was for some of the all-time greats. It was a process. Even for the great Michael Jordan, who I saw before winning a championship, it's always a process, right? And so... You know, for Giannis, hats off to them and the Bucks for winning the championship. But one thing I want you to think about, and I'd love to get your feedback on this, uh, at CapJHood or at TweetJHood, where you can find me directly on Twitter, or IGJHood on Instagram. The question I would ask you is, so is the NBA changing, or will it stay the same, regarding how offense is run? Now, as I mentioned to you, Holiday knocks down threes. Middleton is very good from the outside, but also very good from, uh, you know, from the elbow, just shooting jumpers and you know, middle range twos that go into the basket. Connaughton and DiVincenzo is really the three point shooters. Uh, you know, as much as we saw Golden State and we see the league, it's all about threes. Ultimately, the Bucks were able to win by controlling the foul line and having a dominant guy on the inside. So I guess my question is, is that will the NBA change where they find someone dominant on the inside to dominate the paint, to get to the foul line? Because that seems like basketball 20 years ago with Shaq, right? But Giannis, as I mentioned, doesn't need to shoot threes. He, I mean, I, think about like Embiid, Anthony Davis. There's a number of guys that are big that can dominate on the inside. I wonder will... Teams start to copy what the Bucks did and use their blueprint to win, or is this a unique one-off? That's the question I would have when it comes to the Bucks. And I'll also say this about the Bucks: you know, maybe the Bucks win another championship, maybe they don't. It feels like a one-off to me, even with this. Not taking anything away from the Bucks, but I just know that Milwaukee will have to add more. Giannis, Middleton, Holiday is cool. But I really believe that another shooter, another outside shooter or two, is going to be needed for this team. Nothing stays the same. Even though this team was special enough to win the championship, for them to get back to this stratosphere again, they're going to need more outside shooting. Because it's got to be easier for Giannis moving forward. You know, even Giannis said earlier in our podcast, like, who knows if we're back here again. He's just going to enjoy the moment, and they should. The Bucks are the NBA champions. I'm going to call um, Travis Wacker and find out what it's like being in the Deer District. Shout out to them. 65,000 freaking fans outside the five-star forum. Dude, really? That many people? I got to find out from Travis what that was like and just for him to be a Bucks fan in this moment as the Bucks are the NBA champions. Let's go to Milwaukee.
What's up, my man? Travis Wacker. How goes it? No, you know how it goes. Congratulations, brother. I know. Thanks. We are we are we are rolling right now because I wanted to get your initial reaction, man. You were there. <laughs> Congratulations, man. You are your team's an NBA champion. It's it's surreal. Um yeah, I mean, I'm I'm so tired. It hasn't really set in. <laughs> so. Wait, wait a minute. Now, I need to know about your your day and your night because yeah. so so not only does your team win the NBA championship, but you you did something that we've never seen in North American sports, and that is be a part of sixty five thousand plus outside of five serve form. We've never seen this before. Yeah, it's. It was crazy. Um, I was actually watching the game from my friend's coffee shop about two neighborhoods away. Mm -hmm. And as soon as, you know, the buzzer hit, you know, it's pure jubilation uh, with our um, like 10 to 15 people there. And then we immediately drove as far as we could or as close as we could to the Deer District and then just walking into like the swarms of people and random people high-fiving each other and everything's happening. People are drinking, stumbling in the streets. (laughs) It's just chaos. And it was a beautiful sight. So, um, from there, I then proceeded to wait in line outside the box pro shop. Uh Um, cause you know, I gotta get my champs gear. Um, and so that was like an hour and a half wait before I could get in and did that. And then hung out with a few friends afterwards, have a, had a few adult beverages and caught like two hours of sleep before I made it into work this morning. (laughs) Wait just a second now. Hold on. Did it feel like there were 65,000 people outside the state or more? What did it feel like? Yeah, I would I would say it felt at least pretty close to that. Now, there were different entry points for it, right? And so I had seen pictures from before the game even started. Right. Like over an hour out, and the line was stretching three, four blocks down the road just to get into the Deer District. Um, and that's just from one of the entry points. So, I mean, I imagine people were leaving to the north. I was approaching from the south. And that's actually where the bulk of the people were. Mm-hmm. And it's just people everywhere. You're zigzagging in, in and out of groups of friends and um, just trying to make sure that you don't get lost or, you know, separated from your friends and um, just kind of get in there safely. <laughs> I just I, I mean, I just think that's just amazing um, how yeah. a community comes together. First time in 50 years, I get it, man. But it's just like, so my only concern, as I told you before, Travis, is like, I could be part of that, but I'm just concerned about how to get to my car. Like you found, you got, you you had a a, a really a a good way, an angle to be able to, you know, at least find your car eventually. But that would be my concern because I would park in the parking district, like down the street across from Fiserv Forum. That's what I would do. But how could I get to my car through that sea of people? That's my whole deal. Yeah, so I actually have a really good friend, um, teammate in the company, 
and he's one of the nicest people and he was willing to drop a couple of us off as close as he could and then he went and parked the car um and then he met up with us so we didn't have to worry about you know sitting in traffic forever and then you're kind of missing all of the hoopla and you know the goings on and um it allowed like myself and our other friend um to really like kind of take in the experience of you know just the sheer amount of people um and just the overall joy that was going on so those poor bastards in the uh in the shop though i mean if you're <laughs> if you're the clerk in there how many people's working in there i mean there's a lot of merch yeah. you know and i feel bad yeah. for them to ring that stuff up i know um they had probably it looked like six checkouts going at once and you had about another four people manning the t-shirt tables and another four people kind of stocking and wandering or, or walking around making sure all of the fans were being taken care of inside so um yeah it was it was crazy i mean you're just watching all the people who are at the game going into the pro shop first and that's going on forever and people are walking out with like 10 t-shirts like five hats um and then like at that point like you know the stadium holds almost seventeen thousand. so you're like all right well not everybody's buying 10 t-shirts but how many people are and like what's going to be left right um turns out they held back some stuff on purpose and uh that allowed us to get our stuff um us being the people who didn't actually go to the game oh my god oh geez that's just bananas man i mean so before I had you on, I talked about the Bucks run and how at some point it was confounding because it was a struggle. But then I had to put in perspective, Travis, like every first time champion has to go through a learning phase. Right. And, and so I thought that the Bucks straightened out their shit at toward the end of this series against the Suns where Giannis is not worried about the fans in Phoenix as far as the foul line. He gets a five serve for him, goes 17 for 19 for the foul line and Just plays incredible. and plays like an MVP. Right. So to the point oh, where, yeah. look, I mean, listen, I, I, I understand that there is always a journey that you have to go through to win a championship. I think the Bucks were figuring it out on the fly and then really was able to straighten out the ship to lead to get their championship. So hats off to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of one of the more common things I've been hearing the last few days is like a team almost needs to they need to go through the pain of getting close but not quite getting there. Mm-hmm. And I think you go back to that Toronto series a couple of years ago where we go up 2-0 and then Toronto rattles off four straight. And I think that was part of that pain process. And then last year, you run into the buzzsaw that was the Miami Heat down in the bubble. And um, that's another part of the pain process um, and allows the team to mature and grow. And um, yeah, it's just incredible. So you you have a guy here in Giannis, and uh, you know now every time he has a press conference, now Travis, you got to lean in and listen a little closer because now every th- every time he talks, it's interesting, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean the guy turned into a Greek philosopher overnight. <laughs> he really did, right? Now listen, athletes will just go give you just regular sound bites. You know, we're happy to be here, happy to win the yeah. championship, but there's like um. 
there's a thought process from Giannis where he thinks about the answer and then gives you gold. And it's like, wow, this guy really is now beyond his years. He's 26, but he sounds like someone who's been in the league since he's been, four, you know, since, you know, as a 40 year old. So I, I, I like what he says. And there's a perspective there that's fresh, isn't it, from him? Yeah, certainly. I mean, it's, we haven't heard, you know, him kind of talk like this really ever. Mm-hmm. Um, he was kind of just giving us some of those general sound bites, but he gets a little more friendly with like some of the, the local media, um, than some of the other superstars. Um, and so to see him on this stage and then kind of turn into like, not quite a different person, but just takes like a different perspective or gives us a different perspective was really refreshing and like definitely surprising. Aaron Rodgers still has a piece of the team, right? As far as I know. Yeah. Come on, man. (laughs) Like whatever, whatever he's going through. He's got one chip in the NFL and one chip in the NBA. I mean, that's cool and everything, but don't be so cool that you can't be part of that. Well, he was not in the building yesterday, right? It, from what I've heard, he was nowhere to be seen in the building. Got to be in the building, man. I mean, I, I've been I've been <laughs> to Fiserv Forum with him in the front row, you know, and, and with other Packers enjoying Bucks basketball. Don't right. be so cool, uh, you know, and so concerned about your situation that you can't celebrate the Bucks championship, man. He, he's, he had to be there last night. That's sad. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I don't really know why he wasn't i imagine it's something to do with his situation up i-94 up i-43 up in green bay and um yeah i mean he made a decision and he's he's one of those people that once he makes a decision he just sticks to it and i mean he wrote it out for the entire playoffs so it's not like he came to a playoff game and then Decided not to come to any others, so he missed out on something special. That's all. That's oh, my for point. sure. You know, yeah, undoubtedly. Okay, so now, how do you look at Middleton and Holiday? We've talked about Giannis, and you could say, I mean, he's carving out his own niche as an all-time, as a, as all-time great Wisconsin uh, sports figure, but now. He's he's now is in the top fifty, I would say, and moving up quickly. Giannis, yeah. as far as a player, two time MVP, championship before he's thirty. I mean, there'll be a right. perennial playoff team moving forward with Giannis. So, what do you think of Middleton and Holiday's performance here in the finals? Yeah, I mean, Chris just kind of did Chris. He was the type of player that if you've been paying t- attention to the Bucks um, close enough over the last few years, like. We knew who Chris was, um, but, you know, the the people that don't live in this market and some of the more national people maybe didn't have a strong read on the type of player Chris Middleton was. And so for us here, or at least for myself, like, he didn't surprise me with what he'd done. Um, now, when he's hitting big shots, like the one with under a minute to go last night from the wing... Um, like, yeah, you're going to be excited. And it's just like, wow, like that's a stone cold shot. And, um, but he, to us, like that's the player he's been. So it didn't surprise us. Um, but it's just great to see Chris Middleton finally getting like his respect that he deserves. And then, I mean, Drew Holiday, like 
we obviously needed an upgrade at the point guard position. And we went from Eric Bledsoe to a great Drew Holiday. Mm-hmm. And you're getting all-time defensive performances from Drew. Granted, you know, there were more games than not where he wasn't a huge factor in putting the ball in the basket. Um, but he's more than making up for it on the other end of the court. And, I mean, as long as he can do that, he knew his role on the team. I mean, we got, you know, a game and a half out of him. That turns out that's all we really needed from him on the offensive end. And, um, but just consistently playing defense throughout. So, Bobby Portis has a lifetime contract with the Bucks now, right? Oh, man. God, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, he, he said it's the best decision he's ever made. So he said he turned down more money from the Knicks to come here for a chance to win a ring. And he said it's the best decision he's ever made, not only, you know, from the standpoint of winning a ring, but also from like, you know, his mental health, put him in a better mental space, um, gave him some more clarity. So I would love to see him back. I mean, Bobby Buckets is the man. That's got to make you feel good as a Bucks fan, Travis, that he could have easily said, you know what, I'm going to stay with New York because I got the nightlife, I got everything I need. And he's like, you know what, I really want to win a ring because Giannis is young and he's the guy, so I'm going to ride his coattails to a championship. That's got to make you feel yeah. good he chose this, this market over New York. Yeah, it's great. I mean, really the first kind of taste we got of something like that was when Greg Monroe was a big free agent name a few years back. Yes. Well, more than a few. And then he chose us, and we're just like, oh, so this is a thing now. Um, people are, like, actually choosing to come here. Um, and then to have him, Bobby, do it this year um, is just incredible. So. so you mean the cold weather didn't stop, like, Middleton and Holiday from signing here? Signing to in Milwaukee? You sure? You sure Giannis is going to stay? I mean, despite the cold weather in the winter, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I don't know what it is. Like, Giannis and Chris have that camaraderie, and um, Drew is just a great human. Right. I mean, for put basketball to the side, like, um, down to earth, you know. So, I mean, hey, we'd love to have them all for – you know, the rest of their careers at this point. Yeah. Well, so. well, the whole point of that, Travis, me saying that is, is yeah. that it's not like, well, you can only play in, like in the David Stern era, you know, when you were a kid and when I was watching the league, this whole thing where you can only play in New York, Los Angeles, Florida, Texas, because of no state tax. You can play anywhere if you feel like you can increase your chances to win a championship. It doesn't because it doesn't yep. matter where it is. You know, like right. that's that's why. And and Jeff Dickerson and I used to fight about this all the time on the air. I said, you know, the NBA is the closest it's ever been to the NFL, and he would always push back. And he because in the NFL there are no small markets; you just play, right? And in the NBA, because you can hang your hat in Milwaukee and still kick it in Chicago if you want to. You can go anywhere you want, but if you play for a team that has an opportunity for you to win a championship, it doesn't matter where it is. It's like it could be in Minnesota, you know, it could be anywhere if you feel like you can win. And ultimately, guys like Giannis, and I know that he's a different breed because he's not an AAU guy. I've said this a million times with David Kaplan in the morning. It, you know, he's not a guy that is 
trying to jump and leave just because he can win in a warmer right. climate. He's doing it because he cares about the market and yeah. his, his peace of mind being in Milwaukee. Yeah, and, you know, I think, you know, there's something to be said about, you know, what Yana said last night in the postgame. And, you know, he said that he could have gone to one of those super teams. And, you know, I don't think he was, you know, trying to discredit Chris and Drew. Um, he's saying he didn't need to join, you know, other, you know, A++ players um, to win a ring. So not only does it not matter, you know, where you are, whether it be Milwaukee or Minnesota or Brooklyn or Miami or whatever. Um, but also like, you know, you don't have to have those super, super teams. Um, and so it's, it's really something. And, you know, I think, I guess time will tell, but, you know, maybe this starts to change, you know, the thinking of some players and, uh, we'll kind of see what effect this has on some free agency moves going forward. So as a Bucks fan, um, you know, you were, you would see uh, Marcus Johnson around as a broadcaster and you'd see some of the old Bucks, but it's nothing like the captain being around. What did that mean to you that, that Kareem embraced the Bucks because there was some dissing yeah. there at first. He didn't think that the Bucks had enough moxie to be on this level to win a championship. And then there he is. I, as I as you gave me the list of stars that were there, I'm like, holy bleep, yeah. look at this, right? So what did that mean right. for Kareem to be in the house? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like you said, you know, we see Marcus Johnson, we see John McLaughlin and so on. Um, Bob Dandridge come through every once in a while, but um to have kareem come through he's he's one of those like guys that when he shows up he's making a statement just by being there like his presence is known he doesn't have to say a word um and so it's always awesome when um he decides to come through the city so like so we look talk talk about the all-time greats travis so it's like sydney moncrief moncrief was a solid player Marcus Johnson, Bobby Dandridge, you mentioned Michael Red. God, if he stayed healthy, right? Yeah. Michael Red, Ray oh, Allen, my God. you know Paul Pressy, Chris Middleton, of course. You know McLaughlin, as you mentioned, Terry Cummings. But there's nothing like the shadow of Kareem you know, embracing right. the Bucks and being there. So I, I really enjoyed that. I'm like, look at the look at these guys. They're coming back to to right. support the team. I know that for this new Bucks team, that had to mean a lot for that for for Giannis. And those guys say, "Wow, they're here in the house. That's great." Oh, a hundred percent. And then you can't forget the prophet Brandon Jennings. Oh yes, like not, <laughs> yes. not, not, not so much for what he did on the court, yes. but what he said off the court. Like he is now immortalized in Bucks history. Um, and yeah, so to have Kareem come through is incredible, and um. We always love it when he comes through the city and supports the team. Tell me, uh, before I let you go, about the pain. The pain as a Bucks fan at an empty Bradley Center. Which what did you go through to oh, get to man. this moment? Did you did that go through your mind? Some of those uh, Larry Drew teams, some of those you know Chris Ford <laughs> teams. What was going through your mind there? Yeah, I mean, so I've referenced this before with you of being in the fan section for a number of years and um that's really when my like fandom really started to cement itself 
and, and to sit through, you know, those mediocre years where you're just hovering right around 500 and then the team starts to bottom out and, you know, you're going 15 and 67 all of a sudden and to sit through a season like that and then you get Giannis and then you get Chris, who's an afterthought in the trade. Uh, um, it's it's incredible and, you know, it's this is the ultimate payoff. Like, this is why you stick with your team through the 15 and 67 um, is that you hope to see this payoff at the end of the rainbow. And here we are. And it's, it's incredible. Well, no one can take it away from you, man. I, I've fought off all of these, yeah. you know, critics about the playoffs. And it's just like, dude, I mean, you you have to win the games no matter who your opponent is. So it, I'm, I'm ruling out of hand this nonsense of, well, what if, what if. Yeah. Hey, man, these guys, these teams were not healthy enough. And the Bucks were able to survive and win the championship. So no one, there's no asterisk next to this Bucks championship. No one can take that away from you as a fan. Right, and it's not like we didn't. It's not like we went unscathed either. Right, like Giannis missed a couple games. Divincenzo's out nearly the entire playoffs. Another starter on our team, and I mean, here we are. Like nobody made it out a hundred percent healthy, and this is this is how it fell. And here we are at the end of the season, world champs. As a kind-hearted man, though, as a kind-hearted man you are, Travis Wacker, um, don't you feel kind of bad that you took Chris Paul out back and gave him a cartoon no. bullet? I mean, you did that. You killed his career. You ended his career last night. Congratulations. An all-time great. You took him out back. Well, I mean, he should have been greater. That's what I would say. <laughs> like, Wait a minute. Like, there's... <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing we can do. What did you You should have been greater. Is that what you just told me? That's a, that's a hundred percent what I just told you. <laughs> Wait a minute. I don't when it comes to my team, I don't care who they're playing and who they beat. And I mean I have the Air Jordan Jumpman tattoo on my arm. Yes. Michael Jeffrey Jordan could have been on the other team and I would not have cared that we beat him. I understand. I understand. Well, so, as a diehard Bucks fan, there you don't care about. You took out Chris Paul. You ended his career last night. That's, that's not our fault. <laughs> his team should have played better. Can I tell you something, man? You kind of knew the series was over when that reporter asked Devin Booker, "Do you feel badly about what you did to Chris Paul?" It's like, it's like, I mean, I mean, yeah, that was that was an all time question. Like, what do you mean? Like, so, it's like, look, I mean, right. I mean, how, how did that? How did I know Holiday was was so crafty? Would take two balls away from Devin Booker? Did it twice? Two major steals. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, and you know, to me, that's you know one of my favorite moments. Um, but then the other is Chris Paul saying. You know, that the Suns are anticipating Giannis to f- miss free throws, and even Giannis is anticipating to miss his own free throws. Yes. And then he goes out, throws up a 50-burger, and goes 17 of 19 from the free throw line. That That's, that is the ultimate take that. Yeah, it is. There's no doubt. Now, last question so. I would have for you. And so... 
Okay, so we know I want you to enjoy the championship, but I'm just wondering whether or not the Bucks will add or stay the same this upcoming offseason because I love what I saw from from the Bucks big three. I still believe there needs to be more outside shooting, quality outside shooting. Mm-hmm. DiVincenzo, Conadin, right. that's fine. But I always think that once you have a taste, you want to upgrade it as much as possible because you want to be in the mix again, Travis, with a upcoming mm-hmm. with a, with a, with an Atlanta team that's going to get better. With Brooklyn, which is the odds-on favorite to win the East this upcoming season, according to Vegas, um, there I think Miami's going to be. Oh, decent. Knicks taking a step. Philly, I don't know what they're going to do with Ben Simmons, but you know that the East is going to be coming after you. So are you thumbs up on trying to make a few changes here just to get some shooting for Giannis? I mean, you know, we're working with two max contract players and a super max player on the team. So, you know, it's not like money is out there to be had and kind of thrown about to the players and free agency. So, it, I mean... At the end of the day, it'll come down to like, okay, what's Bobby Portis doing? What's PJ Tucker doing? Um, you know, do we want to bring them back? You know, PJ Tucker, as great as he is on the defensive end, had a couple, had a couple goose eggs on offense yeah. in more than a couple games. So, um, that's always something to consider. But yeah, I mean, you obviously always want to upgrade and make the team better. And, you know, we can only hope that bringing home the Larry O'Brien will, you know, kind of help make the decision for ownership to spend a little more into the tax and pay the tax bill at the end of the year just to make another run at it. So, Well, you just remember, Travis Wacker, I'm one of a few, if not the only, at ESPN Chicago that kept telling you, fear the deer, and I had the Bucks win the championship, <laughs> yes, and boom, sir. it happened. Yes, sir. It was just me or was you it Connor? Who else, who else on the staff had the Bucks? Me, Connor, Um you know, I wasn't really in charge of putting those graphics together. Um, <laughs> but right. hey, you're, you're the only one that got a shout out on the Instagram page. So yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to go with it only being you. <laughs> All right. Well, then uh, then I, I'll take it because I felt like the Bucks were the best team in the NBA. And I kept telling you, fear a man, fear the deer. And then boom, it happens. They beat the Suns. Yeah. And boy, this is going to be a season to remember. And I can't wait to next season to see how everything materializes. And oh, by the way, next Thursday, the draft. Boy, life comes at you fast, sure. doesn't it? <laughs> like, it sure does. Dude, I didn't even... Sure listen. It's not like we have anything to worry about, though. We have like hardly any draft picks. I mean... So. Travis, I'm watching the game, and then they pop up the the graphic on TV that the draft's coming. I'm like, oh, shit, the draft. <laughs> I'm, just, yeah. I'm so into this series. I'm like, oh, I better get the draft notes ready. That's amazing. Right. So Exactly. Hey, man, so congratulations. I know you're working on a couple hours of sleep, but it's well-deserved because first time in 50 years, history was made uh, in Milwaukee. And by the way, Chicagoans, this is not your championship. Stop doing that. I saw that on social media, too. Like, we feel like we've won, too. You ain't won shit. Stop doing that. It's Milwaukee. It's Wisconsin's championship. No. That, that here's And another reason why I like this, this puts so much pressure on the Bulls. It's in the central. Oh, yeah. So much pressure. And yeah. I, I asked Cap this morning, I was like, so how far away are the Bulls? He goes, well, you got Levine. I'm like, you got Vucevic. I said, stop. Stop. The Bulls are light years away. <laughs> I mean, you, I don't even, and the other thing I asked him, I said, does the game change now that you got a dominant guy on the inside and Giannis, 
you know, with other shooters that like Middleton doesn't mind pulling up for too. This will be interesting right. to see how teams are able to design their teams based on what Milwaukee does. So that's why it's all intriguing this offseason. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be very intriguing to see what happens, um, you know, not only within the division, but like you said, within the conference. Because we know we have that bullseye on our back now, and uh, I think we're more than happy to wear it. So Travis is still drunk from last night, but we're glad that his team won the championship. <laughs> <laughs> his team won the championship over Phoenix. So con- yeah. congrats, brother. Awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, boy. We've had so much fun talking NBA with you on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. You say, oh, is it still sponsored by DraftKings? Absolutely. You know why? The Olympics are right around the corner. There's always Major League Baseball. There's always the NBA draft, um, and so many other things that you can look at. I ask you, I implore you, because they support us, I want you to support them. DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. And uh, if you think this podcast is over, oh, it's not. Oh, we're just going to keep rolling right into the next season. We're always going to have some episodes, but I want you to download and subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, on the ESPN Chicago app. Look for us on the Captain J Hood podcast feed and wherever else you get your podcast. Look for Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood basketball podcast. Just type it in, uh, especially on Spotify and subscribe to the podcast and it'll pop right up because our next episodes will review the entire uh, regular season and playoffs for the NBA, what uh, all these teams had to go through. And as I told Travis, the draft is right around the corner. So we're going to have multiple guests on breaking down the draft as we get ready for that next Thursday. I'm Jonathan Hood. Thanks for listening to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast and catch me with David Kaplan between 7 and 10 a.m. Central Time Oh God, on ESPN 1000 and also on the ESPN Chicago app. Bucks win the championship. Now the bullseye's on them. He's looking at you, Bulls. What are you going to do? Your move. <laughs>